Put paste and do 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 like cre creates. Mentors, advisors, teachers, coaches. Whatever you call them, they're necessary and critical to our success in relationships, business, and endurance sport training. In this episode, I have the honor of being coached directly by Mike Trees as he helped me figure out the best training for me to run a 1559 5K race. Keep listening on to find out how a great coach-athlete fit works and how you can train, race, and live better on this episode of Trees and D-Lay. Don't master a lot. Don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master none. Just be a master of some. What is up? Welcome to Trees and D-Lake, a podcast series by Mike Trees and yours truly, Darren D-Lake Creates. In this series, our goal is to educate and entertain smart and committed runners. A bit more on that from Mike Trees. And the aim of this podcast is to give, in a lighthearted, amusing and entertaining way, hints and tips to help you all run better and enjoy your sporting life more. So let's see how we can go with that. Mike's being pretty modest. He has over 50 years of running and doing triathlons under his belt. And if you're wondering about me, I've been in the endurance sport game for about 25 years now, done a sub three hour marathon and completed an Ironman triathlon in 10 hours. We appreciate all the help and support that we can get. So if you can, please share out this episode to someone that you know that would like this. Oh, quick language warning. In some rare instances, we might use some bad words. So apologies in advance for that. As I said at the start, this was a really quick and fun coaching session for Mike Trees. Because Mike is an ex-pro endurance athlete and has been coaching for so long, he was able to give me perfect advice. And this was without even knowing me and my history. I took his coaching instructions and ran my fastest 5K ever, 1647, last May of 2021, which puts me right on track to run a 1559 sometime in the future, hopefully this year. While this is specifically for me and my running goals, there's still a lot you can take away from this episode. Some things you'll learn. What kind of key workouts I should be doing in the lead up to a 5K race, how much stress your body, or in this case, my body, can handle depending on your experience, how many sessions I should be doing leading up to the race, how many weeks out I should be doing these sessions, if I should be doing strength work and when, and a whole lot more. Here's how the episode will go down. We'll kick it off with a quick warm-up to see where we're at in our current training, then get into the main set of the episode, which is a sample of Mike Tree's coaching advice for me, and we'll end it with our awesomely polarizing would-you-rather question around racing strategies. Should you negative split or even split? Let's get into the dialogue with Mike Trees and me. We have a new one for you. And this one, we're going to go way back. So take the way back machine to a few months ago, maybe more like six months ago. And just tell me what your, your favorite training week was. Like, give me a quick summary of your favorite training week in that month. Well, in March, I was getting ready for a marathon, which didn't go too well. So for a coach, I... Uh, didn't practice what I preach, but it was great fun. I love the training, I love the preparation, and actually, even when things go badly, I love the lessons it gives me to think about for next time. So there's all positives. I always take the positives out of everything. But what were you doing in March? Well, before I go on to that, well, what was the learning lesson? Because these are always good. Tell me what that was. Well, the learning lesson was I always go out too fast. I always still believe I am younger than I am, and I can run faster than I can. And instead of going out conservatively and thinking, let's just get a stake in the ground and then next time go a little bit quicker, I think, no, I can do a little bit better than that. 
And so I've learned from that. In my Iron Man, when I do it, you'll see me go out very conservatively and get through it because I've made so many mistakes this year of just thinking I'm a little bit younger and a little bit stronger than I actually am. Trouble is, each year I get a little bit weaker and a little bit older. I mean, that's a fact of life. But my brain doesn't sort of want to accept that. So it still sends me off at the pace it used to send me off when I was younger and stronger. Uh, and that's the problem. But I'm sure it, it helps me to understand the issues and help coach a little bit better than I would if I hadn't done the training myself. <laughs> Yeah, true. True on that. All right. So back in March, what was that? Oh, we just spoke, which was cool. And this is actually the whole point of this episode. We're kind of going back in time a bit. And as I've said in the intro, it's sort of a, a sample of Mike Tree's coaching and energy coaching. He gave me some random advice. And I only say random as in I came random. He had no background of me and you were able to really help me out. So I was... I just spoke to you and I decided to implement the four workouts, the four quality workouts in a week. And I know you don't count a long run as a, as a quality workout. I personally do because I think it, they stress me. A 80, 90 minute long run stresses me. It's not a quality, it's a quantity workout. It's a quantity, there you go. It stresses you the same way. So quantity gives you the same stress load that a quality workout will. It just takes longer. <laughs> I like that. That's good, that's good. So yeah, I just implemented the three and the three were... I was doing 3K specific work, 5K specific work, and 10K specific work, and then the long run. And the problem before that, when I spoke to you, was I was tacking on my tempo work, my 10K work, onto the end of my long run. And you told me to split it. And after that, so many gains. But we won't give away the, the secret sauce too much. I want people to, to hear a bit more about that. Warm up complete. So I'm training to run a 1559 in the next two years. The fastest I've run Four. is... 5K, 5K. 5,000. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 5K, yeah. 5K, yeah, yeah. Fastest I've ran is about 17, 17.05. So here's a bit of my potential. Right now, I currently can run a 455 mile and I'm running about 100Ks a week. I do two quality days plus a long run. So one is a kind of VO2 speed work-ish day and then one is a tempo day, sub-threshold. Lots of easy runs. I'd say definitely very 80-20 with my running. And um, I do strength work plyos. I, do, I haven't gotten injured properly in the past maybe two years. I'm on it. You know, I'm at my race weight. I sleep well. I've got all the variables. Two questions. On my quality days, do you think I'm doing too many? So the long run is technically a quality day because it, it can be up to about two hours, two hours, 10 minutes, depending on where I am. Do you think I'm doing too many? Because I feel great, have no injuries. I, I don't even get DOMS anymore. Recovery is great. You know, 24 hours later, I'm, I'm fully recovered. I feel good. I don't do the next workout until 48 hours or later. Do you think I should drop it down to one interval day and one long run? Or do you think I'm good where I am? Okay, so going back to more basics, do you know if you're running, if you train correctly and efficiently and maximize your training, what the percentage is the breakdown between aerobic and anaerobic for 5,000 meters? 90%. I do know that. Actually, I would say if you get it right, that's more of a, a 10,000 meters. I would say you, you could be getting 25% anaerobic if you can really maximize your training for 5K. So I would say that you're underachieving on the anaerobic work, but that's a six-week block before the run. So you can be doing all this is great, I would give you a six-week block of a 3K session for speed and a 5K session and then a 10K session for stamina. And I would vary you know, and I would probably push you to the limit. I might even in the six-week block, depending on how 
you respond because you're good anaerobically. If I can get your anaerobic engine really ticked up, I might even put a bit of 1500 meter work in there, 3000 meters and 5000 stuff and really focus on the short end and, and play to your strengths. You said you came from 800. So play to your eight 1500 strengths to get the 5k. Whereas, you know, you, you get a marathon runner and think, well, they've got this big aerobic engine. Let's just maximize their 100 mile weeks, their, their 10k sessions, their 5k and their aerobic capacity. I think there's two ways of skinning a 5,000 and you're, you're, you're borderline that you could push in a little bit more speed work and really get out and get used to running some, some Ks in three, three, 10 Ks and, and going quicker than race pace. So when you get the start line, you're getting through the first two couple of Ks thinking, well, this is easy. You're sitting there and you're, you're waiting for that last two K when it kicks in, but you, you can cope with a lactic. So what you've got is you've got the threshold work for lactic. We work around the threshold, but you've got the lactic tolerance. So towards the end, the last kilometer of 5K, it doesn't matter how much lactic you, you build up if you can cope with it. And there's some phenomenal stories of, you know, people like Sebastian Coe that could hold, I think it was 17, 18 millimoles of, of lactic, you know, per milliliter of, of, per liter of blood in his body. Whereas most people, you struggle at four. So that's where the threshold is considered. The four millimole level is, is a technical term people use. They get past four and they can't really run much. But if you can cope with it, absolute tolerance, not the threshold, but the tolerance as well, that's where you can maximize it. So that tolerance might even get you something like 15, 20 seconds in the last one kilometer if you can cope with it. That's huge over 5K. So I would say that what you're doing is essentially right, but I would give you a six-week block at the end where we tweak it and work to your strengths and it might take a couple of blocks to work out exactly what that is. Is it 1500 work? Is it 3000 meter work? But I would give you something quicker. And you're on the borderline at your age. I could cope with three hard sessions a week. Plus the long run. Oh yeah. yeah the long run. I don't consider that a session. That's an easy. Oh wow. That's separate. So it, we're talking at the level you're running at. I mean, for a beginner runner and someone at a, sounds really saying a lower level but that haven't built up and haven't got the history that you've got. I think when you're looking at 17 minutes, we could look at a Tuesday, a Thursday, Saturday, and then do the long run on a Sunday just as the recovery run. And for 5,000, you really, in the last period, you really need to be doing 60 minutes. You don't need to be, you know, over the winter, yeah, you can build it up 90 minutes longer run. But when you're doing that real speed work at the end, you don't want the 90 minutes because that's going to knock off the, the speed at the top end. So I wouldn't have you running more than 60 minutes for a long run at the end, but I would have you doing a set of 12 400s, we'll say, on the track on Tuesday, maybe something a bit longer on the Thursday uh, where we're doing a bit more and you're doing something like 8 by one k just taking a little bit over the stamina, and then a 5K time trial park run on a Saturday. And then as we get closer, we might cut those 8 by one k down to 5 by one k just to get you running quicker than race pace. Uh, we might alter those 12 by 400 sometimes to 12 by 300 to really get the, the leg speed in there and give you a, a nice, decent rest so we can get you, you know, running quick. And then on easy days, this is what people get wrong. I could get you running some 50 meter strides. Well, you said the word yourself, five seconds ATP. Some people might say it's up to seven, but it's 50 meters. It, it's fine. If you get a long jog between, you could then even do some strides on the days between. So we could really maximize the amount of speed work you're doing. So it looks as though you need a lot of hard work, but you're not. Another thing I would do with you is, yeah, I agree with strength training all year round, 
But that last six weeks, I, I think you're training to build the chassis to make you strong, to keep going for a long time. You don't need it. You've got to take a few gambles. Get rid of the strength training because that's something that will fatigue you, that will build the chassis and make you stronger. It won't specifically help you run faster in that 5K. So the last six weeks, definitely dump the strength and conditioning. Just work on the conditioning just to keep yourself mobile. Does that help? Wow, that was <laughs> that. That's what I've, I've been wanting to hear. Ad break. This episode is brought to you by Energy Coaching, which is Mike Tree's coaching service. Mike and his team of coaches work with beginners to pros and all levels in between. No one is too fast and no one is too slow. They just want a desire to learn and improve. They focus on 1500 meter races to marathon running and triathlon training. Energy coaching is constantly overbooked. So Instagram and this new podcast venture, Trees and D Lake, gives Mike and the rest of his energy coaching team a way to reach out to more people and help them. Contact Mike and his team at the letters NRG-coaching.com or go to the link in the show notes. And back to the show. I'm self-coached and now I'm really considering using you as my coach. Um, so <laughs> you've sold me. It's funny because, you know, three years ago, I wouldn't have been able to handle what I'm doing now. I've slowly built up to this, but I'm like, I'm not sore anymore. And yeah, yeah I don't have to be sore. I know pro runners really don't get sore. I had a friend that was a pro. He was like, I don't get sore anymore. He ran a 147, 800. And he was like, I rarely am sore after workouts. I understand that's what happens. So you can't, you can't gauge, you don't know, did I go hard enough by how sore you are? But I definitely am really fresh and, and I'm like, okay, that means I can handle more work. And like you said, I, I'm sitting back going, I don't have this crazy aerobic engine. I've never had it. I can build it. It's going to take me, you know, even more years, but it totally makes sense mm -hmm. that I capitalize on my speed. I do the, the, the V dot calculator, which I'm pretty sure you're, you're well aware of mm -hmm. Jack Daniels. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I, yeah I, I basically, I know I, if I trained, I could probably run a 440 mile, one mile. And maybe even 4.30. If I properly trained for a year, I think I can, I still have that in me. That means I should be able to run like a 2.20 marathon, 2.15. So I'm like, the VDOT score doesn't make any sense with what I'm actually, you know, what you can do in the VDOT score never makes sense. Um, you have to, it's just, that's your potential, but you have to actually work at it. So um, I know that I'm heavier on the, the speed. So I need to work that, especially for the 5K, because like you said, that is more speed. And in my head, I'm like, it's more aerobic. And I think, I think it's a combination. I haven't, my brain has not seen my body do the speed past five minutes, the three, 310 per K that I need to do, 312 per K. It hasn't seen it. So it's not allowing me to do it. So it's like, it's just like this, this subconscious thing that's happening where my, I just freak out. If I'm whole, if I'm like, I, I start, the lactic starts building up, I freak out. And I slow it down a bit, you know, I hit 320, 325, and it's like, okay, that's comfortable. And that's not going to get me where I want to go. So it Embrace it, embrace it. <laughs> you know, I, I'd have you doing, I'd get you doing a three in the build-up. I'd get you doing a 3K time trial on the track, getting under 930. That's your aim. Yeah. And it's quicker than race pace, but it's, you know, if you can cope with that, you're coping with the, the lactic build-up. Uh, it's making you you're more able to cope with it. Uh, and it'll really pay dividends when you, you come out and do the race. Not so beneficial for 10K, but for 5K, it's still, you know, I think you could take big chunks off at the time. All right. All right. Well, I'm, it's, I'm actually going into the last six weeks of this block. So it's a 12 week block, but I broke it into kind of like build, building in. So I'm ending my VO2 max. So I actually wanted to do more race specific. So this is perfect timing because I actually will implement this over the next four to six weeks. And I'll probably do four just to be safe because I don't want to break myself. 
And if I do well, then I'll, I'll either sign up with you or I'll just implement it. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely, you, you've sold me. You, I like that. I like six, that. six weeks to make a physiological change, less than three. You're probably not going to do much. So forward work. A lot of my the guru that I, I, I like, Arthur Lydiard, who based things, he could get people fit, you know, in just a little bit of speed work on, on three or four weeks. So long as the aerobic engine's there, it doesn't take too much anaerobic work to, to get you fit. So four weeks would be perfect. Four weeks and a nice taper to, to freshen up and you'll be raring to go. Mindset finished. Let's move into the cool down. All right. So now the question, question of the day, as we do with all of these episodes, we want to make this a two-way conversation. So please feel free to email me, talk at delaycreates.com or probably Instagram message Mike at run.energy, the letters. Yeah. Run.energy. Yeah. Yep. And you could, or you can uh, message me at delaycreates. And the question, the question, the question is it's about race day because we're talking about races in this episode. Would you rather negative split or even split? There's no right or wrong answer, but usually we have a side that we pick. Mike, would you rather negative split or even split on race day? So you think you know my answer, but actually my answer is complex because over 10K negative split, definitely. But I would say a 5K is slightly, you've got to get out fast. You've got to try and hold it in the middle, then push on hard at the end. So 5K tends to go first K faster than average, second K faster than average, third K drops a bit, little bit below average, fourth K you, you might still be below average, and fifth K pulling it back. But it's possible to do that because you built up an ability to cope with the lactic that's going to build up in your, your bloodstream. But a marathon, as I keep finding, is definitely, in, in my view, it, it's a negative split all the way because you want to save everything till the end. And if you if you go into the red, if you use a few too many carbs early on or you go into uh, the red zone, as in build up lactic acid early on, it's going to come back and bite you in the bum at the end. And I've been going out. The trouble is I've been going out thinking I can do a, a 249 marathon. Whereas really, I'm in shape to do a sub three marathon. So if I go out at like 305 pace and negative split down to 255 pace, pace, I'd probably come home nicely in 259. But I go out at four minute Ks, which is probably 249 pace. And then I end up doing five, five thirties. And I've got a, a post I put on Instagram of me hobbling home in a marathon at about six minute per K pace. So, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely a case of do as I say, not as I do, as the coach uh, would say. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm going to, I like your answer. I'm going to piggyback on that. This is my opinion. There's science out there. There's a lot of coaches. Mike is obviously a coach. I'm a, I'm a coach, but not as experienced as Mike. I'd say I never thought about the race because a lot of everyone says negative split, negative split. And I think so many people base that off of most people doing a half marathon, a marathon. Everyone's doing these long races, you know, and you know, our, if you've listened to this podcast already, previous episodes, you know, our stance, we're, we're a bit more on the faster, get it done. Even though Mike is doing an, an Ironman, which is ironic to, to everything. He's doing a, you know, nine, 10 hour race, but back to the, the negative split versus even split. I think you should strive for overall, even splitting for shorter races. And funny enough is a lot of the, the 800s, and 1500s are, they're negative split. I'd say the world records, the 800 world records end up being positive split. Some of them end up being positive split. So when you get down to the shorter races, 400, I don't know if you can even split those. Like that's just such a fast race. Anything below 400 is just too damn fast. 
I think I've seen the 800. I've seen a couple of guys. Uh, uh, Radisha, I think he positive split on his world. He has 140, 800, and he positive split. But that's pros. You're dealing with a whole different set of people there. But I think some of those lessons can be can be used by amateurs in that it depends on the terrain. This is a track. A track is usually perfect. You might have a wind and some of the, you know, on a turn or a straight. But if you have a terrain where it's hilly, you got to take that into account. So get off your get off your pacing and maybe think about perceived rate of exertion or rate of exertion. That's something that a lot of people don't think about. And in the beginning of a race, when you have no lactate, the going at that whatever pace you're doing is going to be so much easier. So maybe thinking about, hey, it's going to feel easy and that's okay. And then knowing that it will feel harder, but you're still keeping the same pace. So I'm kind of, you know, I'm not really, I'm, I'm obviously a negative split person. I think even split is always best if you have a perfectly flat course with no wind. But thinking about the perceived rate of exertion based on certain certain factors in the race. And also if you're doing a 10K or, or longer. So that, that's my answer. It's a no answer. So in essence though, particularly the five and the 10K distance, you should start off uh, and just gradually, based on perceived effort, you should gradually notch it up each K as you go along be pushing a little bit harder. It might be that the reality is you're actually going a little bit slower each time. But if you just try and maintain the speed, it, it's very difficult. What you need to do is just constantly think, yeah, I've got a little bit left. I can push a bit harder. I can push a bit harder. And as you fatigue, the ability to go quicker is going down. And so these runners, although they're maintaining the same speed, it is exponentially getting harder and harder each K. So if you go out feeling it's pretty hard the first K, you haven't got that exponential curve to go up <laughs> to keep the pace the same. <laughs> so one thing's going to give and it's going to be the pace and it's going to go whatever the opposite of an exponential curve going is. It's going to be a huge drop off. It's just going to tail straight off and you're going to slow down. So uh, that's the advice, really. It's perceived effort is really the way to go uh, and just keep notching it up a little bit as you go along and the same with the marathon go out feeling comfortable first you know up the halfway in a marathon you should feel really comfortable and then you know sort of up to 30k it, it's starting to get real from 30 i would say even to 35 37k you're still holding something back and then when you get to 37k mark you think well it's 5k to go it doesn't matter i've just got to give everything now and that's the time when you can't talk you can't you know you've got no spare breath apart from just breathing and it's focusing on keeping moving so the time ultimately is the time it's the effort that you you plan over that time span to uh, gradually notch up until there's nothing left in the tank and hopefully nothing left in the tank coincides with the finish line not before and not after but bang on <laughs> that's the theory let's go welcome to the show i'm your host aaron so aka d lake tips and tactics you could train like a pro, pro. This cast to help you and faster than you could go. All the PRs you could beat, of course, records that comes in your upcoming season. Right? Don't you agree? Endurance sports, a metaphor for life. That's that metaphor, baby. Eating clean so you can rest and sleep all night. Don't master a lot, don't master a little, just stay in the middle. Don't master all, don't master just none. Just be. just be a master of some. Is the health and fitness internet too much sometimes? Too many conflicting articles and videos that confuse you on how to train and eat right? Or you don't have time to just read and watch everything about, I don't know, the new trends on carb cycling for trail running. Don't worry, we'll take care of all that for you. Sign up for our free email newsletter, Three Thing Thursday. One, two, three. We'll put three perfectly curated and created things in your inbox for better living and training. 
Go to delayedcreates.com slash TTT. We do the hard, time-consuming work and scour the health and fitness internet's deepest and darkest corners. This is so that every Thursday, you have a piping hot new email with the latest and coolest tips, tricks, tools, tactics, and skills. All so that you can train and live consistently to do dope shit in your next endurance event. If you sign up now, you can receive my quick guide on how to get healthy, stay fit, and use data to create habits that last a lifetime. That's delatecreates.com slash TTT to be inspired and motivated on the regular. Time. Time is a resource no one can make more of, so we appreciate you taking precious time out of your day to listen this far. Our goal is to show the world how to live better through running, cycling, and triathlon. The episode and many others have a transcription. Go to the show notes description to find out more. This was produced in Sydney, Australia, and I'd like to acknowledge the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, who are the traditional custodians of this land. I pay my respects to the elders, past, present, and future. I recognize their continuing connection to the land, waters, and culture. These lands were stolen and sovereignty was never ceded. If you like this episode, again, we'd highly appreciate it if you go on whatever app you listen to and make sure to follow d Creates Podcast. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon, Acast, and a bunch of others. And if you're feeling real loose, a rating, review, or share of this episode to anyone you know that would be into something like this would be amazing. If you have any questions, concerns, suggestions for the episode, or hell, you want to be on the show, hit us up. The best way is to email talk, T-A-L-K, at dlakecreates.com. We're also on the socials, mainly Instagram. You can hit up Mike Trees at the letters R-U-N dot N-R-G. Or you can hit me up on Instagram at dlakecreates.com or just wherever you can find us is fine. If you need any transcripts, you're into podcasting, or let's say you just are big into accessibility, please use the company that we use, SpeechDocs. You can check them out at speechdocs.com. Don't worry if you didn't get all that. There's a link in the show notes description. Thank you again so much for listening. Peace.